0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome everybody. It's another edition of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you, one and all for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, all the good stuff of this podcast. It is a passion project of ours. Thank you very much for doing so. Welcome to the show. Welcome to yet another episode. They are piling up. We are getting closer and closer to fantasy football draft season. So, uh, and I know your lives are busy. So thank you once again for getting in. This is episode 167, if you can believe that of this podcast and today i'm going to walk you round by round through my draft plan i call it the manza festo who am i by the way in case you are wondering or your first time listening my name is jeff mans you hear me weekday afternoon sirius xm fantasy sports radio i host a show called elite sports monday through friday and for the ninth or eighth season I will be officially hosting Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show with my main man, Bob Harris, Sunday mornings throughout the football season. Once again, on Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm also part owner, chief content officer of FantasyGuru.com. The 2023 Fantasy Football Draft Guide is live. It is on sale. It is growing by the day. This audio version of my draft plan, the manifesto it is live there in print form with a lot more detail than i'll ever be able to pass along over the next 60 plus minutes of the show so get over there check it out if you want a discount radio20 all one word it is uh 20% off discount for that for the draft guide fantasy football training camp if you want to learn more, if you want the insight, if you want deeper analysis, statistical based, you want to talk IDP and auction drafting and every single style that there is, we've got it covered August 18th, live exclusively at fantasyguru.com. It is our second season of doing fantasy football training camp. It was a monster success last year, and we look forward to seeing everybody out there. Remember, you do not it's a virtual event, and you don't have to be there live. It's all taped. It's all on demand. It's all on the website. So if you don't get to it on the 18th, or maybe you go, you chime in after work because we are going 24 hours with this deal, make sure you, you do so and take full advantage. You will learn stuff. You'll be engaged and entertained. And you get with the training camp, you get a ticket to the elite mafia fantasy football championship once again. Folks, this year, great prizes for all of our winners in the EMFFC, Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship. The only way to get in is to get a ticket to training camp, which is free if you are a subscriber to Elite Seasonal or higher of a package at FantasyGuru.com. And between the still low early bird prices that, who knows, if by the time you're listening to this, they may have raised them by now. I think it will be August 1st. But with the Radio 20 Discount, It's going to be the cheapest opportunity to get in and get the manifesto and the rankings and every format league set up in twenty-four hour a day, seven day a week fantasy sports and fantasy football assistance with me and my staff at fantasyguru.com. All right, you can follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word everywhere else: Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok today. It is Man's Festo Day. It is Draft Plan Day. I will guide you through it step by step. I'm going to go round by round. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Um, And we'll just walk you through it. Now, the thing to understand is we know that things are going to change. But every day something right now, because training camp is going on. Look at the Jonathan Taylor situation. Uh, we just had Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler get injured from the Broncos. Maybe a player that I mentioned on this podcast got injured a few weeks back. If you're listening to it later, whatever, these things happen. We'll update you. That's why the draft guide. That's why the discord over at FantasyGuru.com. We've got the largest fantasy football community that there is. And there are just members helping members and always somebody to bounce an idea. Two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, Six o'clock when you wake up for work before work, there's always somebody on line that can help you willing to offer assistance and help all through the season, all the way through the Super Bowl, as a matter of fact. So I'm sure things will change, but let's call this August 1st ish. We'll say that's when I'm locking this draft plan into place. I will keep it updated over on the site. Once again, fantasyguru.com. Manza Festo is the name of the article. So just so we're clear. But as of right now, I'm going to go through the average draft position. And the way we do this is we allow a little bit of leeway. Players fluctuate. We take their average draft position within. I do ADP just a slight bit different. You'll see there's great sources. Uh, if you're at best ball, underdog has run the most drafts. I like the NFFC because they are full point PPR. They, are, they do a great job with their ADP data. FFPC is great too, but that's for tight end premium type leagues. So NFFC is really the best ADP tool around, but they also have to account for every player drafted within their database and within their drafts, which is understandable. And of course, that's what they do. But for my purposes, I redistribute that a little bit. I cut it down to only the top, 300. And cause that's as big as any league that any of us are going to draft into. I'm not going to start getting into, you know, 150, 160 other players that could be drafted um, because that thins out and weighs down some of the other players. So it's just a little FYI and how I went about that. It's very similar to what all of us are going to see in our home leagues, high stakes, leagues, even best ball leagues. This will all be useful. A question I get asked uh, often, what is my ideal fantasy football league setup? I like that question. This has changed dramatically over the years. So I figured why not talk about a little bit before we get into the round-by-round stuff here today. Here is my ideal setup. Now, I love keeper leagues. I love dynasty leagues. I love leagues in which we can... Key players, we have to think forward as well as, you know, we're in the now and thinking a year or two years down the road. I like that approach, but for the purposes of this, I, I won't say a keeper league. My favorite keeper format, you don't get to keep anybody in rounds one through three. So nobody first three rounds. Then you get to keep one player that you drafted the year before. You have to have drafted them. No waiver pickups allowed. No luck of the, the Irish. No, that, that's a big mistake keeper leagues do where they allow somebody who picked a playoff waivers, struck pay dirt. That That also leads to a lot of impropriety, a lot of chaos and a lot of, lot of league drama, if you will. You can't pick them up. You have to draft them. Has to be documented, right? If you document it, and it's on the board, somebody you get one selection from rounds four through 10. And then let's say you do, you know, 16 rounds or 18 rounds, which is normal. I suggest bigger. I like 20 rounds, but nevertheless, then you get to keep one player you drafted the year before and you kept on your roster all season from rounds 11 through 18. and that's it. And just two keepers that way. It, it that also helps you look forward a little bit as you draft and throughout the season. You're like, all right, well, Zach Charbonnet, I drafted him, Kenneth Walker's rolling right now. I know they're both hurt folks, but this is the exercise. But I'm not gonna drop Zach Charbonnet to pick up my backup tight end in round, you know, thirteen or whatever. I'm gonna keep him because if I drop him, I can't keep him next year. Or somebody like that, right? Something like that. So I that's my favorite keeper league approach. As far as the league setup, 12 teams is ideal. Our forefathers did a great job with the amount of teams. I don't know. It's weird that we ever settle on 12, isn't it? Like a dozen leagues. Let's just do that. Not 10? Not you know, 15. Oh, okay. 15 would have been uneven. So maybe they were smart enough there. 12 teams balances everything out nice. It's nicely divisible. It's a good number. It's also the perfect number. And so 12-team league is how I would do it. One-half point PPR. Quite honestly, I'm fine with zero point PPR. I I really am. But what I would do is one-half point PPR, 0.5 points per reception, one point full point PPR for tight ends. I would upgrade the tight end position just to make it a little more randy, a little more... Sexy, a little more interesting, right? What else I would do is I'd have super flex. I did not like two QB or super flex leagues three years ago, four years ago. I hated them, but I think it's viable now, especially if it's a 12 team league and it can't be two QB. It has to be super flex. That gives you that added strategy that, all right, well, I don't The everybody doesn't have to carry three quarterbacks which gets into problem because obviously it's 12 teams can't have three quarterbacks, three starters. So there's four teams are going to be left out of that third realm. So, you know, it, it still prioritizes quarterbacks. The full point PPR prioritizes tight ends, but here's the other caveat. This is the only mandatory starters, one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers. That's it. And then one super flex, which could be a second quarterback. Five flexes can be anything, including kickers. Very Scott fish esque Scott Fish did a great job. I wouldn't do the third round reversal, but I like it. Also, we draft 20 rounds. So we have, what, 20, 20 rounds of players And we have 12 teams. So what is that? Damn it, Jeff. Why didn't you do math? 240 players. Something. Yeah, 240. So that's how many players are going to be off the board. All right? Um, And you start half your roster. Perfect, nice, even. You start five players. Five flexes, one quarterback, one running back, two receivers, and a super flex. And you could – no no defenses – would I do IDP? Yes. Yes, I would. But for the purposes of this, I want to keep this mainstream. Now, I think it's time Superflex is mainstream. All right? So that's my ideal setup. Half-point PPR, no milestone bonus points for 100 yards or nonsense, normal divisible, 88 yards is 8.8 fantasy points, nice and easy, 0.04 points. Per passing yard for quarterbacks, no bonuses for 300 or anything like that. I wouldn't do first downs. Scott Fishbowl did first downs. I like it, but now no first downs. Keep it easy, and that's it. That's my basic league setup. That's my ideal league setup. It offers you a lot of different opportunities. It really does. I mean, quite frankly. There are weeks where your kicker, which you don't, you could choose to draft kicker, choose not to. Kicker could outscore that third range of quarterback, the Kenny Pickett, uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill type tier of quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo would you rather have Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker, you know, like in a warm weather scenario, then you would rather have. A low-level quarterback, I don't know. It's a decision you can make. But I think it adds a lot of intrigue that you could sculpt a roster. if you That way you could draft any which way you want. Running backs fall, they fall. You can gather a bunch of them. You can start, what, six running backs? You could start seven receivers if you wanted to. Oh, yeah, no tight end spot. Yeah, that's why we're upgrading the tight end scoring. You don't have to start one, though. See, now Kelsey as a flex becomes another – that's a different option, right? Obviously, he's very bona fide, but what about those low-level guys? Hawkinson, Goddard, Andrews, yeah, Kittle, they're all going to be viable, but there gets to a, to a point where, you know, Chiggy Oconquo, Greg Dulcet, Dalton Kikade, but it is the full-point PPR, so it's, a, it's an added bonus for them to make them more uh, digestible to use as a flex. So I like that format. I like that idea. That's my ideal league setup here for 2023. Let's dive in. Manifesto 2023. It's live. Fantasyguru.com is the place for it. So get over there. Check it out in printed version. Let me ask you a question. What? I'm going to name a group of players, Jalen Hurts, B. John Robinson, Damian Pierce, Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, Tyler Algier, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Cortland Sutton, Romeo Dubs, Odell Beckham, Paris Campbell, Travis Kelsey, Justin Tucker and the Eagles defense. Good team, huh? That's the perfect team. To me, that's as good as it can get. That is a perfect draft. Everything falls right. No, I didn't discount people all the way to the bones, just within their range of where they've gone in in previous draft and not the extent. My edges are just the middle of where of their range. That's it. How about this group of players? Which one do you like better? That one, Group A or Group B. Justin Herbert, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders. Javante Williams again, Samaje Pirine again, Jerome Ford, Jamar Chase, Calvin Ridley, Kadarius Toney, Romeo Dubs, George Pickens, Paris Campbell again, Rasheed Rice, Dalton Schultz, Brett Mayer, Dolphins defense. Now that's a much more reasonable team, isn't it? That's the all-man's team. That's the team. I drafted both of these teams with the exact philosophy in the manifesto, in the article, fantasyguru.com. So I drafted both of them, all right? Um, so that's, you know, in the article, I went through every league scoring system. I went through one quarterback, two quarterbacks. I identified targets based on average rap position. Uh, I talked uh, projections versus rankings and early and mid-round, every different type of format. Then I went through my strategy with quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends, defenses, and kickers. Yes, I even went into defenses and kickers for those that still do it. But then the back half of the article is, I think, one of the more useful approaches that I've done. I've done this for almost a decade now. I think I just renamed it five years ago. But step-by-step, round-by-round, just went round-by-round, on where players are going. And that's how I drafted each of those teams. One, the perfect draft, assuming everything fell exactly. Never happens, right? I mean, rarely, but sometimes, you know. And within each round, I identified a couple of things. What is our goal? Who are our targets? Who are the value options? The most upside option, biggest risk, player I'm not touching the pocket of value, the grouping of players that are all valuable within that round. Then I drafted the perfect draft guy. Everything went perfect. And then the more likely guy. And that's why we have some overlap with some players. Because sometimes it falls perfectly. And especially in the later rounds, you you notice that in the early rounds, the perfect draft and the all-man team are different. But in the late rounds, pretty damn similar. Because why? Because we know our targets, right? All right, so let's dive in. Round number one. Pick one through, I'm assuming 12-team league. I'm assuming full-point PPR, by the way. All right. Picks one through three. What do we want to do? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you for the early rounds. What does a table, a chair, a house, or pretty much any piece of furniture have in common? Anything that's built, what does it have in common? Well, it has a foundation. And specifically, they have four pieces, don't they? They have one on each edge. Each edge, there's something holding it up. Yeah, some of you say, oh, sometimes they have a base, a big middle base. Okay, okay. But those are the ones that also tip over, don't they? when you lean too much to the side, four pieces of a foundation is what I believe in. Those are going to be your first four-round picks. I don't want to hear any, and by the way, uncensored podcasts, I haven't swore yet, earbuds, sensitive ear earmuffs for the kids. I'm not going to talk any bullshit. I don't want to hear any bullshit about Uh, should I draft a running back or receiver? If I go receiver, receiver, and then, and then, and then. Don't fucking start that bullshit. That's our father's, our grandfather's bullshit. Don't bring that into this dojo. We are drafting the best motherfucking players. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? Yes, sensei. Seriously. You know how much I fucking hate that? On the radio, I have to play a good guy. I try to be a good guy, but I fucking hate it, man. Stop this bullshit. Uh, Receiver or running back? I, which one, motherfucker? Which one? Which, don't tell me just a position. You know, I fucking hate that shit. You know, any of you like to be called just somebody, hey, Skippy, my old man actually, I think he did. He called me Skippy a bunch. He would forget all the names of his kids, so he'd call us random fucking names. Sometimes, does that ever feel good to anybody? No. I get deep here. Anybody like just hey, hey, white dude, black guy? Is that fun? Is that nice? No, we're fucking people, man. Right. Who wants to just be labeled with what the fuck? We have? I, I we gotta break out of that shit in so many different ways of life, and I won't bother, won't get into it here. But stop with the running Listen, in the eighth round, you have five, yeah, a five. You have a quarterback, five fucking wide receivers, and a tight end, and one running back. And yeah, you should draft a running back. Now it's time to identify a position, but the first round. Second round? No freaking way, man. No fucking way. Just fucking crazy to me. So don't do that shit. We're taking the best player. Elite Mafia, we take the best player. Four of them. Ping, bang, ping, pow. That's what we're doing. Should name this episode, bing, bing, ping, pow. I don't even know what I said. Bing, bang, ping, pow? Yeah, sounds good. That's, that's what we should do. First round, that's all we want. The best fucking player. Here's what I want you to do. Instead of thinking, who's the most upside? Uh, George, which which upside do I take? Which upside do I take? Instead of that, how about you you flip it? Give me six of the first 12 because that's what the metrics show. The data shows empirically. That means absolutely. Six of the first 12 players will disappoint. Tell me who they are. Don't give me this sunshine rainbow bullshit. Who's going to fail? Who are the six? Well, if you're going to ask me, McCaffrey, Eckler, very good chances of failing. Saquon, good chances of failing. Fucking Patrick Mahomes, I don't know how he's going the first round. He's just going to disappoint. He's not going to fail. We got to dig deeper. CD Lamb, it's new offense. Stefan Diggs is getting old. Kelsey, oh, AJ Brown, who's sneaking into the first round now. To me, the player with the most upside in the first round is Bijan Robinson. Bijan could fail. I I would totally understand if you said Bijan. Totally understand. Rookie has never played it down in the NFL. But he made a catch on Twitter. Shut the fuck. Stop looking at that garbage, by the way. Stop it. None of that means anything. Oh, my God, does it mean nothing. Jamar Chase dropped everything at camp. Looked like a shit show two years ago. People let me get Jamar Chase in the sixth, seventh round that year. Championship. For me, that's the player the most upside. Biggest risk is McCaffrey. We can't deny it. He's getting old. The offensive line, they've lost four fifths of the offensive line. That's a lot, KJ. Four fifths is 80%. That's a lot. And he's constantly hurt. He's only played two full seasons last year in 2019. It's the only time he's ever played full season. Player I'm not touching is Austin Eckler. I've explained why. New offense, the he he might get his target. His target count may go by half. It may go by half. In fact, it probably will. That means receptions by half. It's a lot of freaking production, folks. Y'all know that. You know that's a ton of production. What is that? What what do you have, 140 target? I know he had 107 receptions last year, for Christ's sake. 107 receptions, 127 targets. You lower that. Let's say he gets, fuck it, not even half. Let's go 75 targets. All right? Goes from 100. By the way, his, his reception, that that catch rate is per, stu, preposterous. Just the pure catch rate is going to go down. That means the yardage goes down. This guy's going to go from 200-plus fantasy points receiving alone down to 100, maybe 100 and let's call 125. 130. Right. Then what? He needs all, then he's, you know, touchdown regression is going to hit him. 18 touchdowns again. No fucking way. At his age, 915 yards rushing, career high. That's going to go down. Oh, folks, I'm touching Austin Eckler. Not in the first round. I have a third round grade on Austin Eckler this year. Third. Pocket of values, obviously, the wide receiver. Get one if you can. Jefferson Chase Cup, Tyreek Hill. Stefan Diggs. In a perfect world, I start out my draft with Travis Kelsey. All right? That's a perfect world. Why? Well, you'll see as it goes. Because there's no tight end like him. Nothing like him in fantasy football. But as you'll see throughout this, there's plenty like these other players. My all-man's team had Jamar Chase, obviously. Chase has gone in the middle of the pack, folks. He's gone as low as eight in the high stakes community. He's gone eight, right? That's only over the last week and a half. I have him as the first overall player. So that's an easy one for me. Round two, as we look there, still best players targets there. Here's the only thing in two rounds. I don't want players on the same team. I do not like that idea unless there's some, you know, quarterback and wide receiver. And I don't, I'm not taking a quarterback in round two. So that, like Mahomes, that's going in round one. I, I uh, Allen and Hurts going in round two. I think way too early. Remember last year, those elite quarterbacks were going in rounds four and five. Now we're going up in round two. That's a different animal. It's a different type. I do not endorse that. I love elite quarterback. I love that strategy, but I'm going to get elite production in rounds four or five. Mark mark your asshole on that one. I think the best value in the second round is Devontae Adams. Now, is he going to have the same rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo that he did with Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers? Well, well why not, really? Why wouldn't he? What if Devonte Adams is just a really good receiver? I To me, last year was the test. Right? Last year was the test. I firmly believe in his ability. Who else are they going to throw the ball to? Does anybody want to riddle me that one in Las Vegas? And I don't give a shit who's throwing him the ball. He's going to get it. I don't think the Raiders are going to be good, which drives up his numbers for me. 31 years old, starting to get to that age. Do we get 100 receptions? Do we get 180 targets, 1,500 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns? Probably not, no. But I think Devonte Adams is as sure as it gets to get 85-plus catches, 1,200-plus yards, 10-plus touchdowns. From a receiver, that's crazy good. He's, just, he's going to produce, so it's a nice little value. Player with the most upside in this round – is uh um by the way, the when uh, Devonte Adams last season with Jarrett Stidham had tw- in two games, twenty targets, twelve receptions, two hundred and twenty six receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, he, he did fine. <laughs> he did fine. Um, Jalen Waddle. The reason being, what if Tyreek Hill goes down? He's getting old. He's undersized. He's had the cramp problem last year. I was not on Waddle last year, and boy, was I wrong. He was one of my fades in the early rounds. You imagine? Be pretty, pretty awesome. But again, early rounds, we're not drafting for upside. I think the biggest risk is Derrick Henry. I get why he's moved up. He was a fourth round pick like a month ago, by the way, folks, for those doing best ball. Like he was. Fade in the third, fourth round. Now he's up at the second. I get why. The running back pool is thin for those who still commit to that ideology. But he's a risk. I'm not touching Garrett Wilson. No fucking way. No way. I think Garrett Wilson will be fine. Absolutely will be fine. What if Rogers goes down though? Can you can we say Garrett Wilson's going to be the same player with Rogers or with Zach Wilson as he would with Aaron Rodgers now your your brain is in a pretzel Wilson supporters because I mind fucked you on this be, the reason being is you're going to say exactly what I want you to say which is well you did good last year 1100 yards yeah exactly that's all he's getting if the Jets are better they pass less do you get that do you understand that will it be more efficient yeah but well, Lazard forty four million dollars and Nicole Hardman eighteen million dollars and Randall Cobb was BFF and forty million or thirty six million dollars is Corey Davis doesn't going to command a little bit there too. Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, Uh yeah, I ain't touching. I ain't touching Garrett Wilson a second. Pocket of value here is the running back: Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard, Derek Henry. Quality in a perfect draft scenario, though. I am grabbing Bijan Robinson. He goes as low as 21st. Perfect draft. I'm getting fucking B. John. Can you imagine that Kelsey then B. John? Woo. Let's ride unconventional, but perfect. My all man's team is Nick Chubb. I do love me some Nick Chubb. I mean, he's going to catch balls this year. RB four last year, going to catch passes this year. Nobody shares the backfield. Best offense line of football. Best running, most productive running game in fantasy football. Get him in the second is a no-brainer to me. Another absolute stable piece, week in and week out. I won't ever have to think about it again. Round three picks twenty-five through thirty-six overall. No real, you know, again, I uh, well going back to why. I'm not going to, like, if I chose Jamar Chase in the first round, I'm not taking T. Higgins. If I took A.J. Brown, I'm not taking Devontae Smith. You know, the only time I would take two players on the same team in the first two rounds is may, if I did go A.J. Brown, maybe I went Jalen Hurts. That that way, because both of them could produce. When Hurts throws a touchdown pass to the Brown, they both get points. I am not going to draft a quarterback and running back, or running back or receiver, or two receivers, that when one person's doing great, as they should be in a first or second round pick. The other one's not doing shit. No, I'm not doing that. I don't like that idea. Not in the early rounds. Tie that shit together in the later rounds. You'll see. I do it in the man's festo. So round three, I'm not not tripling up on any position. Not going three running backs, not going three wide receivers. That's one thing I'm not going to do. All right. I think the best value in round three, it's astounding, but it's Najee Harris. I could make a case for going Najee area. I'd go all AFC North players, hooking Chase, Chubb, Najee. Player with the most upside is Debo Samuel. Biggest risk is Lamar Jackson. He arguably could have the most upside too. Probably does because he's a quarterback and can run. But it something has to give. It's a new offense. If Lamar throws more, he runs less. Do you understand this? If he doesn't throw more, then he's the same player that he's been. Yet he's three years older than when he had his monster 1,000 yard rushing years. He also needs to stay healthier. He's also not incentivized like he has been. It didn't work out incentivized because he sat on the bench and didn't practice, but you think he's going to? I don't think he's more likely to now than he was before. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't. That's not a good bet. Now, I'm not touching T. Higgins here. I don't mind him. I like T. Higgins. Love him as a receiver. A lot of upside if Chase went down. Pocket of value, Alave, Debo Samuel, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf. Boy, that's a hard selection for me. The all man's team here. So in on a perfect draft, I am going with the quarterback and did the Jalen Hurts thing. And All-Man's team was the toughest decision I had to make in this entire thing, round three. Calvin Ridley is where I went. Ultimately getting a piece of Trevor Lawrence, getting a piece of Jaguars offense. I've talked about the Christian Kirk, six out of eight touchdowns inside the 10-yard line. Those go to Ridley, man, 100%. Good, smooth route runner, has a lot to prove. You know, I, I think Ridley with Lawrence, the number one there is, is worth it. And that was a tough one for me because I really love my dudes. I fucking love Debo, love DK Metcalf. Keenan Allen's in that spot. Mm. Mm. Keenan Allen's actually just technically the next round, but still like all of them. Round four, here's my final block. So what do I have? All-man's team. Who do I have? I have Jamar Chase. Nice. Nick Chubb, fantastical. Those are such good pillars that they're on the opposite ends. Anybody who's ever built anything before. I'm not putting them on the same side so the other side could topple over and be weak. No, those are pillars. Those are anchor each side. Fucking motherfucking anchors. Those are joists for your house. That's the cement. That's the steel fucking beam running through your his house. That's what those two are. Then Calvin Ridley. A little bit. New team. He did bet before. But it wasn't a use of steroids. It wasn't domestic abuse. It, you know, I, I'm not going to completely say he's not a problem player because he got in trouble for the season did something really bad, even though it's not a you know big crime. I don't think this crime is going to repeat itself is what I'm saying or anchor him down. That's pretty damn good. Two receivers – A stud running back, fourth round comes in. Okay, now what are we looking at? I think this is where, this is picks 37 through 48. We begin our QB search in earnest. I think if we miss out, remember, perfect draft, I got Hurts. But an all-man's team, those guys are gone by the time we get to the fourth round, right? Available quarterbacks around this period, Lamar, Herbert, Fields, Lawrence. Burrow is right on the cusp. Love me some Joey B. Nothing wrong with that. All them are in play here. I think the best value going in the fourth round, Josh Jacobs. The most upside. I got to say this. Honestly, it's DJ Moore. I'm really, if you're not paying attention to Bears camp, Something special might be happening in Chicago right now with Justin Fields and DJ Moore. Like Fields is putting on a show not at all running, all with his arm. The deep drop-ins to the big wideouts, including uh, with the Tyler's, is Tyler Smith? Tyler, who the fuck is the? I'm blanking on the third-round pick from this year that they had the real nice highlight, I don't know, two whatever days ago, whatever it was. Who the fuck is his name? What the fuck is that guy's name? Why Tyler Scott. She shouldn't remember Michael Scott. Mooney's being back, but it's really a DJ Moore show. Getting him in the fourth, It's a, I think he's got a lot of upside. Biggest risk is Jameer Gibbs. We've never seen it. David Montgomery's there. Can he handle it? I mean, Jameer Gibbs, when he was at Wake Forest, nobody gave a shit. He went to Alabama, and now he's a first-round pick. I'm not touching Christian Watson in this round. I have many reasons. I've been very outspoken uh, about it. He has had his ideal – he he had that four weeks last year. It was monumental, one of the best four-week stretches we've ever seen. Right? Oh, by the way, what about draft spot? I didn't talk about that at all. But I'm not touching Christian Watson. Pocket of value, Amari Cooper, Drake London, Hopkins, and DJ Moore in this in the round four. In a perfect world, I get Debo Samuel in the fourth. And by the way, that happens more often than not. It's He is more in more drafts. He goes in the fourth round than he does in the third. You know, technically his ADP 30, well, actually 36.42 is right right on the cusp of 36, 37, but he's the 36th player. But in a perfect draft, he slides in. My all-mans team, this is where I'm going to break the seal at quarterback. And I felt here's here's my dilemma here. Burrow is right, Burrow is right before. He's one spot ahead of Debo. Technically, he's going to the third round. But Joe Burrow goes as late as 50, which is technically the fifth round. So, again, the swing there is I would prefer Burrow. But for the purposes of this exercise, I want Herbert. I think Herbert throwing deep, new offense, healthy. His first two weeks were fantastic. got hurt late in that Kansas City game. His entire season was wrecked after that. And he put up really, really good numbers. So I, I'm i going to go Justin Herbert, and that's my fourth pillar. I got two receivers. I got a stud running back and Nick Chubb, and I got my quarterback. Got the franchise and Justin Herbert. Now back to what I was saying. So those are the four pillars. What I would like to do for uh, as far as draft position, I always love the edges. My ideal draft position is one. I would choose Jamar Chase. If you don't like that, if you're worried about Burroughs calf injury, you'll keep him out a couple weeks here, then Justin Jefferson. That's it. I would just – I love being on the ends. And then coming back, those picks, that like 23 to 25 range of where you're getting players, I mean, that's fantastic. That's where you – if you want to go, the best receivers in the game, one of them, and come back, you can get – A decrease, Jonathan Taylor at that spot. You can get your Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes is even available there sometimes. Nick Chubb falls down to the end of the second round quite a bit. ADP for Nick Chubb right now is 16. Goes as low as 24. Maybe Tony Pollard in that area. I mean, there's a lot of choices to come back that second, third round pick, that 24, 25 selection is fantastic. So that's my ideal position. This year, I always hate being in the middle, but of all the years, this is the year that I don't mind having that sixth pick either. That would be my second choice. Still get elite guys at the top, but you're never too far away. And I like that this year. Normally I hate it. It's always my least favorite pick. But this year, it's my second favorite. Round five, pick 49 through 60 overall. Now we start. Now the draft starts. Now we get in. This is the time. We're we're not making our big, bold, fucking dumbass oh, proclamations. This guy's going to be the best ever because I think he is. So I'm going to take you before anybody. Don't do not do that in the first four rounds. There's no re- need for it you got to have some sort of track record somewhere. Round five, now we start. Value hunting at this point. Biggest value, Terry McLaurin. Round five, Terry McLaurin. Why did everybody hate McLaurin? McLaurin reminds me a lot of Julio Jones. Not in stature, of course, but in that every year he's 1,000-plus yards, but he just doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns. I think that it's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be a big touchdown guy, not a double digit touchdown guy, unfortunately. But to get 1,100 yards, 70 receptions, good A dot in a new offense that's expanding, young quarterback, good other receiving options that draw coverages away from him for big ass games. I like McLaurin. Most upside is Justin Fields. Justin Fields in the fifth. I almost went Fields. I almost waited in all man's team, but I'd rather have Herbert. Sure thing. Biggest risk, JK Dobbins. Fuck J.K. Dobbins. I don't trust him at all. No way. I can't believe he's going this early. I'm not gonna touch Chris Godwin. I don't hate it. I don't hate Godwin. I think this offense might be good for him. But I don't want to spend that pick. Not when I could get Mike Evans later. I'm not I'm not gonna do that. No, thank you. Um, the pocket of value here is running backs, man. Running backs are good in round five. Aaron Jones, Kenneth Walker, Javante Williams, JK Dobbins. I like a lot of these running backs in this area. My goodness. Perfect draft. Keenan Allen falls to the fifth, which he has plenty of occasions. Keenan Allen has fallen to the sixth round. Uh, no, 60th pick. So the very last pick is as late as he's gone. In the high-stakes community, at least. My all-man's team, you know who it is. It's Javante motherfucking Williams. My, this year's Mike Concho, possibly, possibly. I said possibly. By the way, I'm leaning in Roy Kent. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking way. Well. Roy Kent. Roy Kent. Oh, man. That's a good name. That's a good name. Though if you know, you know, kind of name. Ted Lasso reference. Look it up. Javante is my all man's team in the fifth. Sixth round. At this point, little track record, two running backs, two wide receivers, a premium quarterback, or a tight end. Okay. And something that I put into the draft guide. Because at this point, round six knows I have a tight end in the perfect draft. I don't have it. Um or, yeah, I, I have. I don't have it, and I have it in the perfect draft. I don't have it in the all man's team, of course. But here's what I'll say here's a strategy that I put in the man's a at fantasyguru.com this year it's that if you are if you pay up or if you pay down a quarterback, don't pay down a tight end too, and vice versa. You can get away if you have Kelsey, you can get you can. I think there's a seesaw, if you will, a teeter-totter for those in the Midwest. If you draft a Kelsey in the first round, you don't have to go elite quarterback. I think you can wait. I think it's viable to wait. The whole thing is, to, and if you have, if you paid up, if you got him a Holmes Allen hurts, you don't need to pay up into the Mark Andrews, Kittle, Hawkinson tier. Now you can, I'm not saying you shouldn't have both. Listen, Right? Why fuck one sheep when you fuck them all? Do them all. Get all of it if you can. But my point is that one thing that I'm absolutely against, do not pay down and punt quarterback and tight end. Mistake I see made, don't do it. I don't like that idea. Your consistency falls off a cliff. Don't do it. Round six, I want to have... By the end of this round, I want to have that. I want to have two running backs, two receivers, and one premium position, quarterback or tight end. Don't and don't pass up the running back depth. Here's one thing I'll say. If you went zero running back or you went modified or whatever you're doing, this is the area. These, these rounds, this five, six, seven, seventh round, this is where you get all your running backs, quite honestly. Right, You go to the produce section to buy your apples and oranges. This is the produce section. Get all of your fresh goods here, because they will spoil by the time you get it down to the chip aisle, the soda aisle, the meat market. All right, Round six, best value is Miles Sanders. Holy shit, is that a good value? Miles Sanders in the sixth round could be the best pick of the entire draft. It really could be. Player with the most upsides, Kyle Pitts. I've been, I mean, for years, but was he ever going to actually fucking do it? I hope so. I think the biggest ris- risk is Alexander Madison. I don't even know if he has that job. I am not convinced he's just a shoe in for the feature back in Minnesota. I think they committee the shit out of this. I'm not touching Rashad White. I can't believe he's going this early. No, thank you. I'm not in. Pocket of values, those running backs. Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce. Uh, is he going this round? He's technically. Yeah, he's tech- uh, technically he's going there, but pick 71 overall. So what's that? Yeah. Second last pick of the sixth. Fuck, man. That's tough. Sanders, Pierce, Akers, Madison. In a perfect draft. I get Javante here. That's easy. The all man's team. I choose Miles Sanders. I chose Sanders over Pierce. And that's tough very very tough one for me round seven i know i'm i need to pick up the pace here going through this with everybody um round seven this is where i think the draft gets we've evolved a lot it gets a lot different this point how the rest of our competitors draft could be crazy different too People start securing handcuffs and drafting backup running backs at this time sometimes. Sometimes this is where the run of all the final quarterbacks, everybody gets their quarterbacks by now, right? Tight end run makes a lot of sense here. Pick 73 through 84 overall. Okay? It's kind of the last bridge for tight ends in a lot of ways, at least the higher ones. Value option here, James Conner. He's a full service back going this late. Another, we just don't need great. We don't need running backs early, like there's so many here. The only problem with this range is you only can, there are risks of course, and you only could choose two to three of them. (laughs) I guess if you get one of fifth, six and seventh, you're fine. You'll get security. Two of the three will be good, but this is another great pocket of value. Connor, Cook, Swift, Pacheco, Dalvin Cook, and James Cook, both the Cook brothers. I think the player with the most upside is DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, low-key, could be an absolute freaking monster in this Philly offense. Catching a lot of passes. A great checkdown for Jalen Hurts. Um, biggest risk, Gabriel Davis. I'm not touching Marquise Hollywood. What's your dream, Brown? No fucking way. No, thank you, Marquise Brown. I didn't like him with Kyler Murray. was healthy. In a perfect draft, I get Pierce. Damian Pierce in this one. He goes in the seventh. My all-man's team, George Pickens. I like it. George Pickens, going to have a high A dot. He was Kenny Pickett's favorite target. I won't say most used target, but in money situations, on third down, end zone, red zone. Pickens was the guy for Kenny pick. And I think that relationship will continue to grow. I think he'll be the number one receiver on Pittsburgh and got a deal on him in the seventh round, eighth round picks 85 through 96 overall. This situation is uh very boomer bust. I'll say that there's littered with picks that and players that could go in either direction. And, you know, again, this is the second quadrant of our draft. First four were pillars, the next four ideally starters, starting caliber, but we start to play the upside game now, right? My value option here is the last tight end, last premium tight end there is on the board, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram probably shouldn't go this late. It's a pretty good value. If you waited on tight end and you get into round eight, you get Evan Ingram. Job well done. Job well done. Good, good work. Most upside Alvin Kamara, why? Because if he doesn't get suspended. I mean, we don't fucking know. He's going to, but this is getting like isn't it? The Alvin Kamara suspension's starting to feel like you guys, any any of you know friends that you're like, oh, they're about to divorce, they're living separately, they're sleeping separately. Next thing you know, like they have another kid. Oh, any day now, oh, she's out seeing this guy, he's doing this, and next thing you know, it's been like fifteen years of any day now, they're going to break it. They're not breaking it up. It's not happening. So he is the most upside. The biggest risk, Kadarius Tony, absolutely no question about it. Not touching Brandon Cooks. I think Cooks will probably be the third best wide receiver on the Cowboys. No thank you in this round. Pocket of value. Here's the last chance for any kind of security at quarterback. tuatongo Vailoa, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. In a perfect draft, I'm actually getting Mike Evans here. (laughs) That's fucking insane. Mike Evans ADP right now, right now is at 75. Mike Evans goes as late as 101, pick 101, ninth round. Why is everybody hating him that much? I get the discount. Same reason as Godwin, but come on, man. Evans is big, tall, strong, fast. Oh boy. No way. That's a perfect draft. My all man's team, Kadarius Tony. Jeff, you said he's the biggest risk. I know. Said it's a boomer bust round, too. I know. I know all the risks. I was prepared to spend a up to a sixth round pick on Kadarius Toney going in. That's as high as I could go but the injury has slid him back two more rounds and i just couldn't take stop the bait take the bait resist taking the bait so there you go that's that's my first now nah, that that's not a that's a wobbly table that's why he's not a foundational piece it's a shot but you have to take those shots see this is what i talk about all the time i know a lot of folks find my draft analysis stuff boring because it's I don't know if it's textbook. I don't I don't th- I don't think it is, but I I know that I'm boring with cash game lineups and DFS. I'm boring with single game parlays. But it's always profitable. All fucking ways profitable. I've won high stakes leagues. I've won DFS contests. I've won industry leagues, expert leagues, host leagues, show leagues, listener leagues, home leagues. I've won all leagues, every type you could imagine. I've won all of it in my career, and I use the same approach. To me, you build on a solid foundation, and then you take your fucking shots. You're gonna miss. Fine, be okay to miss. And if it's a Patrick Mahomes receiver, I will miss. I did it last year. I'll do it again. Did it with McCole Hardman. Worked out for two games. <laughs> Then it was over. But I also had Juju Smith-Schuster in some leagues too, and that didn't look great, but it worked. Same with Alan Lazard. Like, I'm willing to take my shots, especially in discounted areas. Um, Round nine picks 97 through 108 overall. This is where you secure your lineup. Make sure you have your starting lineup most of it in place, at least the foundational. If you have to choose, if you have to start three receivers, have three receivers by the end of round nine, that you're going to start every week. I don't mean have three receivers. Mind you, Kadarius Tony is a good example. I just chose him, right? I He is not a foundational piece. He is not an every week starter. Why? Because I know he's going to miss games. I know I'm not going to get that. I'm hoping that I do get, a shit ton of production while he's in there, and I'm pretty confident I will. But yeah, he's not somebody I'm counting on. All right. So that's a difference between having three receivers and three receivers you can count on. Different math. Value here in the ninth round. Well, technically, I mean, Dak Prescott's technically going in the ninth. I think if you get him there, good, good enough. Player with the most upside in the ninth, I'll say it's Sky Moore. Same reason that if he somehow landed that Z receiver role for the Chiefs, which I don't think he does for the record, he's he could be that guy. Biggest risk, Zay Flowers, first round pick of the Ravens. I ain't fucking with him. And Jamison Williams. I have a huge breakdown in the Man's fest about Jameson Williams. Jamison Williams is suspended six weeks. He will not play the full season. He will not play a third of the season. I don't know what y'all are thinking, but um, you're excited about James Williams. Like he's automatic. Then there's injury. Then there's what role does he fit? What does he actually do? He played six games last year, did shit. Had one big run and one long catch. Didn't do anything. I, I don't, it's fairy tale. Pocket of value in the ninth round, running backs, back to it. Brian Robinson, A.J. Dillon, Samaje Ryan, and Khalil Herbert—that's four starting running backs available in the round nine. I've never—I never thought I'd live to see the day. In a perfect draft, I get Cortland Sutton in the ninth. My all-man's team is Samaje Ryan. Yeah, boy! You know we just did. We just got our ching handcuff. We just got our ching tandem running backs, baby. Javante Williams and Samaje Ryan. We just secured the rights to both of them. And what did it cost us? Cost me around five pick and around nine pick. Chit, 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 chit. Round 10. Here we go. Picks 109 through 120 overall. You know what? I'm going to wrap this up. You know, I've got six more. You have to read the Man's Festo guide. I'll I'll go through it, though. I don't want to leave you hanging. Here. Final line of pieces, upside plays. I think the best value option is Juju Smith Schuster. I think Juju is not a bad little play. Again, Juju Smith Schuster is an outstanding tenth round pick. If you drafted Kadarius Tony earlier, you see what I'm saying. You play off of each other. If you took some risk at one of those positions, then bracket up, back it up with running backs. You handcuff. Right. That's what you do because that's the best way to secure yourself. If, if your starting running back goes down, well, you have the replacement. So you're good with receivers. It's just get a more stable, steady guy that doesn't miss as much time. So I think that's a good fit. Most upside in this round, Devon A chain. Uh, I, if Dalvin Cook doesn't sign in Miami, which doesn't look like he is going to, uh, we're going to see 60 plus catches out of A chain. We're see eighty carries, sixty catches, four two speed. That wide ris- that offensive line and this offense could lead some massive production. Biggest risk: Rashad Bateman not touching Nico Collins. I can't believe he's still a thing. I've always liked Nico Collins since his days at Michigan, but I, I just is uh, is a Buckeye going to really throw to a Wolverine? Oh fuck! I believe it when I see it. Wide receivers: uh, Odell Beckham. Rashad Bateman, Romeo Dubs, Juju Smith Schuster. That's the pocket of value here. In a perfect draft, I get P. Ryan in this round, in round 10. Good little discount. My all man's team is its the best pick, one of the best picks. Miles Sanders in the sixth is really good. Romeo Dubs in the 10th is a steal. Romeo Dubs is the number one receiver on the Packers. Mark my words. Mark my words hear me now believe me later just believe me in week one romeo dubs all man's team the rest of this draft so here's what i did round 11 uh, i'll crack it value option fuck aaron Rodgers, good value russell wilson has the most upside he's quarterback if you wait in quarterbacks round 11 is it and i strongly recommend russell wilson being your guy risk is anthony richardson don't don't do that. Don't wait and then choose Richardson. Then you're going to wait and you're going to take you're literally take the biggest risk you can at the most secure position. Greg Dolchich, I'm not touching. This is the spot. The All Man's team, round eleven. Notice, I had Kelsey first on the perfect draft team. I had my tight end the whole way. I have not drafted a tight end yet. Dalton Schultz in the eleventh. I love Schultz in this Houston Texans offense. I think he puts up top five, definitely top six tight end numbers. And to get him up to pick 132 in this draft, he's going as late as 154. I actually jumped. I jumped the market on him. But I'll gladly take that as my starting tight end. So there you go. Other players I took, I have Rasheed Rice in the 12th round. Notice that's a handcuff for my Kadarius Toney selection earlier. I did a literal handcuff in round 13, took Jerome Ford, backed up Nick Chubb, secured that. He's the handcuff, the new backup to Nick Chubb. Round 14, I jumped a gun on defense, the all-man's team, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins lost Jalen Ramsey, but... The only defense that's better is the Philadelphia Eagles this season. Round 15. Okay, three picks for the best one. Miles Sanders in the sixth, uh, Romeo Dubs in the 10th, or Paris Campbell in the 15th round. Paris Campbell is the perfect draft and man's team in the fifth round of this draft. And then I took Brett Mayer as my kicker in the 16th. Why? He's in Denver. High altitude means longer kicks, longer attempts, big scoring offense. I want the kicker in Denver. So that's it. That's the 2023 manifesto. fantasyguru.com. Get there, get that. I appreciate you guys coming out. Thank you for listening in to this episode. Hopefully we learned something. Hopefully you had a good time going through it. I understand. Don't write me letters. Jeff, this guy's no longer going. Things are going to change. Right, But that's why you get the draft guide, fantasyguru.com. That's why you follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok, everybody. We will keep abreast of this all draft season long. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for being a part. Episode number 167 in the bag. You may disagree with some or everything that you heard in this week's episode. And folks, you know, it's perfectly all right by me. It's all right by everybody. Folks, this was just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces.